Matthew 28 reads, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. That's God's word for us this morning, church. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. Father God, we, we come to you this morning and uh, some of us maybe haven't come to you in a long time, but God, we come to you to praise you and glorify you for this hope. Lord, as we gather here and we worship and we, we praise your name and we sing songs that display your glory and your goodness, God, I pray that we would be reminded that there is absolutely no hope without the resurrection. I pray that we would see that, that if indeed we've tasted and seen that You are good, we've experienced joy found in the good news which is completely tied to the resurrection. I pray that we would seek life change. If indeed we believe in this good news that we come here to celebrate today, that we get dressed up to celebrate for, then Lord, I pray that we would seek active obedience. I pray that we would be faithful to Your Word. We would be faithful to the gathering each and every week. The assembly. Lord, and I pray that we would be sanctified by Your Word, which is truth. Lead us in this time as we look to You through Your Word. And I pray that we would be convicted, yet comforted and encouraged by Your Word this morning. God, that we would be changed to those who know You and have known You, God, that we would be changed for our good and for Your glory and to the person that has not trusted, not repented and believed in the Gospel, that this morning they would hear it proclaimed from Your Word and You would draw them to Yourself. Father, we love You and praise You and ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So maybe you thought Matthew 28 was where we were going to be this morning. We, we come and we hear uh, this good news proclaimed on, on Christmas and on Easter. And Christmas, it's the birth of the Messiah. Um, it, it's God incarnate. We see Him in the flesh and, and we hear about His birth and how His birth leads to the redemption of His people. But then we, we see that come to fruition at the cross, but not just the cross, but also the resurrection. Right? We cannot stop. The good news does not stop at the cross. Amen, church? One day, I was telling my nephew, I said, one day, you know, Uncle Mike's going to die. And you're going to put me in the ground. And I will not come back in three days. But because of Jesus, because of Jesus, He will raise me on the last day. He will, he will restore this broken body and raise it for His glory. And that's the good news. 
The main point for us this morning as, as we go and we look to 1 Corinthians 15, God's Word there, is that there's no hope without the resurrection. There's no hope without the resurrection. Church, can you say that with me? There's no hope without the resurrection. None. So Paul says this to the church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. It goes on to talk about the, the uh, masses He appeared to, right? He goes on to talk about the, the resurrection and the hope that we have in it. So the two points I want to drive home that there's no hope without the resurrection is receive and believe this good news of the resurrection. Receive and believe. Now when we contextualize this a little bit, we understand reading through the first letter to the church of Corinth, they were out of control, right? It was like, it was wild. Like we're hearing about like, like, R-rated, X-rated things that they're allowing to come into to their place of worship. And then we come to chapter 15, so it's not just some things of sin, it's actually not holding fast to the Gospel which saves people. Right? That they've, they've somehow let the, the world creep in and get these ideas in that, that it, you won't be resurrected. Your body won't be raised. Jesus wasn't raised. If we deny this doctrine, the resurrection, we deny the Gospel. If we deny this doctrine, if we do not hold fast to this truth, then we are not saved. Church, this is where our hope rests. Now this seems mean if you deny this I'm not talking about, about your view on prayer, your view on tongues, your view on miracles, your view on Arminianism, your view on Calvinism. What does he say here? In verse 3. The first point, by the way, receive. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received. So this is this message that is going around. Paul himself is a beneficiary of the Gospel message. That it was proclaimed to him, that he received it, and get a little bit ahead of myself, believed because God changed Paul's entire direction. Remember Saul, and he turns him around, he blinds him, and he uses his people to share this message, and God saves him. But you see this, this act of preaching of this good news. And that Paul says it's of first importance. Now we go back and, and, and one of the messages just a few weeks ago where we were coming out of a series going through the basic implications of the Gospel. Like, what are the implications of the Gospel? And we talked about godly wisdom. If, if you've been saved, if you believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, then you have this godly wisdom. Back in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and whom crucified. I didn't come with lofty words, uh, the speech, plausible speech of wisdom. 
But I talked about Jesus Christ and Him crucified so that your faith wouldn't rest in the power of men, but in the power of the Gospel. And the power of God. So this is this, this reoccurring theme for Him. And He's going back to this Gospel. Unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received. So be receptive this morning, church. Let's, let's focus in on this Scripture. Let's, let's sit aside uh, the, the, the pressure from the world to, to not believe something about a man being raised. Let me say, you believe something about this man being raised or you would not be here this morning. There's something that's drawing you here, and it's not just the, the beautiful cross outside with flowers this morning. It's not the flowers up front. It's not just dressing up with your family. There's something that is leading you here this morning, even if you don't believe this message, because, because there's truth. And he appeared to all these people. It cannot be disputed. Now, be like, you know, me and, and Jaden, if we were like, yeah, we were like hanging out in the office one day and this like angel showed up and like told us this new gospel. And it's just me and Jaden. And magically, our ring security camera like just wasn't working in there. And we're like, we saw it. There were 500 people who saw what happened on this day, the day that we read from Matthew 28. And they see Jesus. So he's delivering this message so that they would be receptive, so that they would receive this good news. And what is that good news? What do you need to receive this morning? The Gospel. If you ever want a passage that is so clear on the Gospel, turn here to 1 Corinthians 15. I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. So that tells us that we're sinners, that we need a Savior, because Christ died for His people, right? And it shows us this. For our sins in accordance with the Scriptures didn't just die. When we talk with, with kiddos, we need to be very clear about this. When we talk with adults, when we're sharing the Gospel, that Jesus didn't just die for His people, He was raised for His people. We too will die, but in Christ we will be raised just like He was. Then He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. This message is the message. This is what Paul was saying. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. To the mature we do impart wisdom. But until you become mature, which is spiritual, saved, right? The other things don't make sense. So he's getting back to basics, what I delivered to you of first importance. I'm going to turn to, to Luke real quick. Luke 24. You don't have to turn here with me. And again, it will not be on the screen. Just focus in on God's Word this morning. Luke 24, verses 45 and 46. Then He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This has always been what they longed for and looked for and hoped in, even to the Old Testament, for thus it is written, 
that the sinless Savior should suffer in the place of His people the good news for us this morning. That Christ died in accordance, died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures that prophesied that He would do this. Receive this message this morning, but don't just receive it. Church, believe it. Point number two. Believe it. There's a big difference in just the acknowledgement versus belief. There's a difference in acknowledgement and belief. And, and I'll, I'll save us and I'll spare us a little bit because we could even get into true belief will lead to, to true works. It's not works that saves you. James says faith without works is dead. But faith that works proves that we truly have received and believed, repented, according to the Gospel. We've repented and believed in this good news that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. But acknowledging that will not get you into the arms of the Father. Repenting and believing that will get you into the arms of the Father. I remember this one time we were at a a family gathering and there were these two like step cousins, right? And I was I was like eleven years old, ten or eleven years old, and we were having this cookout, and these guys were like college football players, and I thought it'd just be cool, like felt like the hot shot. My dad used to always use the saying, You're you're acting like you're too cool for school, right? You're getting a little cocky. Getting a little cocky, Michael. And I remember poking them and bugging them. I'm like, Man, college football players, I'm gonna put them in a headlock. And he looked at me and he said, I'm getting annoyed. You know what's going to happen if you keep doing that. So like, yeah, I know, I know. Kept poking him. His dad, his dad told me, he said, you know what's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, I acknowledged it. But I can assure you, church, I did not believe it. Because the moment that arm went around me and like had me in a headlock, I was like, oh, I believe, I believe. And what we think we can do is, is that last gasp of breath in our life, we can just say or acknowledge or receive something. Or even here at these, these services of Christmas and Easter where they're special and, and that's the day that we celebrate these things. Yes, it's more solemn. It's more direct and focused in on the events that happened and transpired. But this is the message to receive and believe and be changed forever. Because this is the good news. I'm going to turn to, to John 6, verse 40. Look at this. Good news. The hope that we have in Jesus because of the resurrection. Jesus proving His deity by doing what no man could do, but men will do because of the God-man, Jesus. By repenting and believing in Him. Don't just receive this message this morning. Believe it. John 6.40 For this is the will of, the, of My Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. It's good news. It's not just Jesus being raised. It's His people being raised by His power. It's just People being raised by His plan, which He foreordained before the foundation of the world to uh, come and die a death He did not deserve to give it to people who did not deserve it, nor could they earn it. 
What a beautiful plan that we too can look at death and say, where is your sting because of Jesus Christ? Not by acknowledging it, but by repenting and believing in Him. John 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. Do you believe this? The lady he was talking to says, yes, Lord, I believe that. You are Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Belief requires repentance. We must repent. If you truly believe that, if we're, if we're truly sorry for our sin, then we don't look at the suffering Savior on Good Friday and think, man, how cute and beautiful that, that God would do that. No, our life has changed radically forever. And not just in this life, but for all of eternity. When God restores our bodies and resurrects them from the grave, we're reminded of this good news. We're going to have baptisms here in just a little bit. We're going to have a baptism this service. We're going to have a few more in the, the second service. We're not going to double dunk Billy this morning, but we've got other people who are going to get baptized. And, and it is the beautiful picture that we too are, are buried with Christ. We've already, you've already been saved. We believe in post-regeneration baptism. That means you've, you've repented and believed already. You've been saved but it represents and tells the world that you're being buried with Him and then raised with Him. If we truly repent and believe, we will indeed face persecution because it will require radical living. Not to uphold or maintain or sustain your salvation, but it shows what you truly believe in. It shows what you truly believe in. Church, we believe in one another a lot more than we believe in God. We're willing to throw hands. We're willing to, to take up arms for friends. I'd take a bullet for you, brother. We say we, we would take a bullet for Jesus, but Jesus tells us to go and to live for Him. But let me, let me end with this before the, the band gets ready to, to come back up and to, to uh, lead us in another song of worship, and then we'll celebrate with baptisms. But listen to what he says here. To this church and maybe maybe you're here this morning and, and you're thinking easter is great and i i think i found my church i like new hills so much i'll be back for christmas i like new hills so much i'll be back for easter now maybe you're genuinely looking for a new church and i hope that this is it but if i could exhort you a little bit in god's word if if if, if you found yourself in the habit of coming on these these holidays Look at what Paul says. Jump back to verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the Gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand. So he's, he's talking about this firmness that believers receive it, they believe it, and they stand by it. Which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the Word I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Maybe Easter is, is one of those times where you, know, you come and this resurrection is so beautiful. And it is this beautiful picture. And it is great to see people wearing their, their Easter best and, and dressing up and, and wearing floral this and floral that and purple this and purple that. And it's a beautiful reminder of what God did but you're not holding fast to the Word which God has proclaimed to us through this. His very Word. 
So I would say to you, if you receive this this morning, you believe it, let us know because we want to celebrate it with you. I'm not going to have you throw a hand up. But I would encourage you, come back next week. If, if this message is changing you this morning, maybe you're like, I, I live too far away. We will help you find a church. Maybe you're like, I believe this, but this just isn't the church for me. We will help you find a church that preaches this and you can fit in with, you can go to, as long as they are faithfully proclaiming this. But do not let, if you believe this, do not believe it in vain. The Gospel message, the resurrection changes everything. And there is no hope outside of the resurrection. So if you believe this, that is the good news we are to hold fast to, to be changed by on a daily basis. To go and to put Jesus into perspective in our life and in others' lives. But He was delivering this to a, a, a church that he had, he had preached to, He had shared with, He had discipled in, and they had let people get in to make them question the resurrection And he goes on and he says, if Christ, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Which we know is false because of the witnesses. Which we know is, is false because of, of the, the proof of all the Scriptures. That the fact that Christ came and died according to the Scriptures that were before His birth. And then, when we believe that, church, we can sit here and we can sing down to to verse 54. It won't be on the screen. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, uh, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection, there is no hope. Don't just receive that message this morning. Repent and believe and be changed. Plug into a local church. You're plugged in. Plug into community through our groups on Tuesday. That's where we do life together, church. We cannot go out and do this alone. We know the difficulties. We know the isolation that this world can throw at you. Just look at the past year. But our hope is in the Gospel message that we are sinners, that Christ died for His people's sin, and that if we believe in Him, we too will be raised. He didn't just die. He was raised. And we too, in Christ Jesus, will be raised. Let us pray. Father God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for sending Your Son to die for the sinful people who wanted nothing to do with You. The good news is that there was not just a pocket of us who were good enough. You died for Your people. You're saving Your people. And You've given us hope. God, in the, in the past year, if there's anything we've, we've longed for or looked for, it's the resurrection. And if we haven't, let us step back and think for another minute. Our hope is not death. Our hope is not Jesus' death. Our hope is Jesus' life. 
Jesus did not simply die. Father, you raised him. And I pray right now for, for those of us who are believers that, that we would be encouraged and strengthened by your spirit inside of us, moved by your word that you've given to us to go and to share this message. That we too, we could be like Paul and say, what I received, I also delivered to you of first importance. God, that we would see this as first importance. To share not simply that someone died for you, but that Jesus was raised for His people. Jesus gives hope to His people. That by grace through faith in Christ alone, sinful men are saved and reconciled back into your arms. And to the person here who has yet to trust that, I pray that this would not just be a moment of reception, but of belief. Not simply an acknowledgement, but surrender. God, you are so good. This is no story a man can make up. This is no plan that we in our finite minds could come up with. How beautiful this good news is. How beautiful that while we were still sinners, Christ died and that You, our Father, raised Him. God, we long for that. We long for that day, but until that day, we are to be faithful to Your Word. We know that. So I pray that we would rally around one another. We would fellowship with one another. We would do life with one another. We would, we would rebuke one another. We would encourage one another. We would exhort one another according to Your Word, according to Your purpose, and all in Your will as You, God, lead us. God, I pray that You would just receive these, these next couple of songs that we lift up to You, God, and we, we praise You with, we glorify You through as we sing these words pray that we would reflect on them. God, I pray that we would um, just be encouraged by the baptism of Brother Bill's faith. God, that you've saved him and he wants to go public with that. He wants to tell the world, hey, God saved me. I'm buried with him and raised to walk in newness of life here and now. Father, we love you and we praise you, not just today, but with every breath and every day that we live here. To you be the glory and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.